Good morning. Oh, hang on. Mm. Nearly forgot. It is Friday, the 15th of November, and very welcome indeed you are to day 15 of my NAPOD POMO project. I can't say that word, NAPOD POMO, uh, for 2018. On today's show, I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, my music purchases uh, off the back of a question that Jonathan sent me uh, a couple of days ago. But uh, just want to let you know also, um, last night we recorded uh, another episode of the Duffercast, um, which I think I might have mentioned in uh, a show a couple of weeks ago. Um, but that, that's that's twice in two months we've recorded an episode of this podcast uh, after a gap of two years. Yeah, careful now. This is how a habit forms. Um, also, a new episode of Tux Jam was released last night uh, as well. Um, you can find uh, the link to that in the show notes, but you can go to tuxjam.otherside.network. Um, and that's a mix of um, open source and Creative Commons music, if that is your thang. Right, so the question that was asked of me goes like this. What was the last CD music album you bought? And how long ago was it? Now, I had to do some fairly deep digging to find the answer to this question. Um, and it's actually prompted a number of other... Um, um, uh, purchases for me to, uh, to to reveal to you as well. So, to answer the actual question that was asked, the last CD I bought um, was uh, something more by Ginny Owens. Now, Ginny Owens, she's she's an absolutely amazing um, vocalist uh, and singer songwriter. She, we went to see her um, at Spring Harvest. I think it might have been either 2000 or 2001. I can't remember exactly which one it was. Um, and she was there. We saw her live, and it was uh, it was absolutely fantastic. So we, we went through a, a stage of... We bought her first album, and then um, we bought her second album, and then we didn't buy any more. Uh, <laughs> but believe it or not, this was actually back in 2002. So it's been 16 years since I c- since the records I have proved to me that I last bought a CD, which doesn't surprise me because in this stage of age, in this age of digital audio, um, I, I, I would have expected, you know, regard, regardless of that, I would have expected I would have bought a CD um, more, um, more, more soon than this. But according to my Amazon history, and to be honest, it's the, Amazon is the only place I would have bought a CD from. I, it's very unlikely I would have gone and bought one from a shop. Um, so yeah, 2002, Ginny Owens. The, the more I think about it, the more unlikely it is, but I, I think it is right. Which then led me to sort of jump back a little bit in time. And um, I, I, I clearly remember a number of instances where I have bought some music. And the first CD I remember buying with my own money um, was now that now that's why I can oh good grief I can't even speak now that's what I call music twenty three um, and that album was released in nineteen ninety two uh, for those that don't know the the now that's what I call music series is a compilation album that that comes out uh, every 
year or twice a year. Um, well, it must be more than that. If that was 1992, that was only 26 years ago, and I think they've just released now, now 100. Um, but uh, the, part of the reason I bought it is I actually bought myself my first CD player as well. And I remember this CD player very, very vividly because it was flipping enormous. Um, it was very heavy. It wasn't like one of these compact uh, home base ones that are like, you know, maybe a foot wide. This was um, component sized. Uh, I can't remember the exact dimensions of it, but it was a huge thing. It was very heavy to carry. Um, it had no digital display, which is very unusual for a CD player of the of the age. Um, all it had was uh, 20 lights on the front. Uh, in fact, I think it might have been 40 lights on the front. Um, one for each track. Because, of course, no one ever bought any um, CDs that had more than 20 tracks in those days, did, did we? Yes. Um, and it had a series of lights at the bottom that showed you which track was playing and a series of lights at the top that showed you how many tracks were left. It was really weird. Um, but the in most CD players, when you press eject, a little tray comes out and you put um, the CD into the tray, press the button again, it brings the tray in and then puts it into the the, the drive, into the reading mechanism. What was weird about this the, this CD player, I'm going to see if I can find a link to it because it was quite a remarkable piece of machinery. Um, the entire drive came out, not just a tray for the CD to sit on, the whole drive came out and you placed the CD on the spindle on the drive. And then when you press the button to, for it to go back in again, the whole drive went back into the, uh, into the machine. It, <laughs> it was quite amazing. And of course you, you couldn't play um, the CD while the, the drive was out because, you know, they decided that wasn't possible. So it didn't take me long to take the lid off the thing and find the switch that allowed you to play the CD <laughs> while the um, the device was uh, was still ejected. So that was fun. Um, so yeah, that that was the uh, the first CD I bought with my own money, and the first CD I owned that someone else bought for me um, was Public Images, Public Image Limited's album Happy. Now Public Image Limited is kind of I want to say it's an offshoot from the Sex Pistols, um, but it was it was basically it was the um, uh, the the solo project of um, of John Lydon, who was the um, the the singer from uh, from Sex Pistols. Um, and that album was was released in 1987. Now, I think I obtained the album around 1989. Uh, one of my dad's friends worked for a mastering, a CD mastering company called Mercury. Now, I don't know whether that company still exists. I did do some searching on the web. And the there is a mastering company called Mercury, but I can't tell whether it's the same one because obviously this was quite some time ago, like 30 years ago. Um, but I remember that the the album itself was really, really good. Uh, the The music was phenomenal. I think the only thing that actually let it down was John Lydon's voice. Leave that there. Um, and the last one I'm going to do, um, and I'm going to throw this one out to uh, to you, dear listener, what is the first single 
you bought. And I'll extend that to what is the first any music you bought. Okay. Now, I remember this one specifically um, because I remember going into the shop buying this um, 7x7 piece of cardboard with a spinny disc inside it. Um, And it would have been back in 1982 I bought this because I remember buying this single very soon after it was first released. Uh, it was by a British band called Haircut 100. Um, the lead singer of uh, of that was uh, was Nick Haywood, and this single, <clears throat> excuse me, was the last uh, single that was that Nick Haywood recorded with Haircut 100 before he left the band. Um, and the single was called Nobody's Full, and I'll stick a, a link to the YouTube video for it, uh, which I think is the official uh, music video for that track. Uh, it wasn't the best of songs at all, but it was, you know, it was a, it was a hit in this country. I think it reached number nine uh, in the UK singles charts. Um, but I think for me, as, as far as musical discovery is concerned, and I didn't know this when I bought it, is what was on the B-side. On the B-side of Nobody's Full was a track called October is Orange, Day 1 and 2. And it was a four-and-a-half-minute song, which is very unusual for um, a seven-inch single on vinyl because there's, <laughs> there's only a limited amount of space on the, um, on, on the record to, uh, to record a song. And typically singles around those days were three, three-and-a-half, probably four-minute four minutes tops. Um, but it, it's an almost instrumental but it goes through about four or five different musical genres as the as the song progresses. And again, I've stuck a, a YouTube video into the um, show notes, but that there's no music video to go with it. It's just a, um, a cover art of the album uh, that the song was. Uh, I think the song was was released on an album as well. But it's the cover art of the album with the music in the background. But it's a fairly decent quality one. So I would. Um, invite you to go and listen to that song and maybe give me some feedback as to what you thought of it whether you think it's it's rubbish or whether it actually it's, it's quite an inspired piece of um, piece of songwriting anyway I'm going to leave it there uh, I've been waffling now for 11 minutes and uh, yeah I need to go in the shower because it is Thursday and Thursday means lovely lovely hot breakfast at work so I need to get my backside into gear uh, get in the shower and get to work so I can enjoy uh, a lovely cooked breakfast. Before I do that, though, um, I just wanted to let you know that um, for the second year running at work, we are doing a 24-hour pool marathon. Um, and that's pool, the um, the table game, not um, swimming. Um, we're starting it on the 29th of uh, this month, so two weeks today. Uh, and we're going to be starting at five in the evening and we'll be playing through till five the following evening. Now, that means, of course, that I may well be recording Friday the 30th's episode from work. Now, that will be interesting, most definitely. But um, we are doing this for charity. We're raising money for um, the uh, the charity fund at my work. Um, so if you would like to um, to donate that and support us in, uh, in our efforts, then I'll put a link to the show notes. Sorry, a link in the show notes um, to the fundraising page. 
Okay, so thank you very much indeed to Al, Craig, Jonathan and Chris uh, who have all liked, um, followed or interacted with me over the last 24 hours. Um, Have a great day. Have a great Thursday. I will see you tomorrow. You have just lost the game. See you later.